Hey friends, this is Dana Seymour, your podcast editor. We always love hearing from listeners about how the show impacts them. And today I've got two recent reviews to share. If you leave a review and we read it on the show, you'll get a gift package from the Rev Store. So please make sure to leave a review and share with your friends. This review is from a listener with a name titled B-J-M-R-L-M-I-B-M-C-J-M. As a fitness instructor myself, I so appreciate having edifying and encouraging Bible studies to listen to while pushing myself during cardio. It's like a quiet time in a workout all rolled into one. I'm so grateful for this podcast and depend on it weekly. This next review was updated three years after the original review. Thanks for telling us how Revelation Wellness and the podcast continues to bless you, Amadea 15. Edited three years later. Don't you guys dare turn it down. I just listened to today's episode while running and the Holy Spirit was everywhere. I felt so much joy. I gave my life to Christ long ago, but today I did it again. This podcast is life, life-giving, heart-changing, love it so much. My life has forever been changed the past three years. And as a bonus that I don't even care about anymore, I am healthier and skinnier than ever. It's funny how that's all I wanted a while back, a smaller waist. Now I have a healthy soul and mind, and God only knows, the body came as a bonus. Please Rev, never stop preaching. Everyone needs this freedom. We couldn't agree with both of you more. Thank you so much. If your review was read today, email store at revelationwellness.org for the free gift package. And now on to our scheduled podcast. This is a Facebook teaching from back in December about why you start and stop physical training. We hope you guys enjoy the show and we will see y'all soon. Peace. I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness. I'm gonna be talking about why you start and stop exercising. I think we put the word training, but I wanna be specific today about exercising. Hi, I love, oh great, I'm glad you're hearing me. Why we stop and start. I did a little Google search before we got here and I Googled how many people exercise and in the United States, I would have thought it's a lot higher than it was. What would you say? What percentage of the uh, population in the United States, welcome if you're abroad, uh, actually exercise a day. And while you put your answer in the chat, let me say hello to new friends. I'm Lisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness. On this page and in this ministry and on our website, Revelation Wellness, you will find all tools and resources to help you stop obsessing, stop neglecting, and live free in your body. And here's the giveaway. We live free in our body because of the Holy Spirit. As followers of Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit in us. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Galatians 5 tells us that our flesh, our our carnal self, is opposed to the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is opposed to the flesh, which we would go, well, that's frustrating. And it's actually a good thing because when you find yourself not doing the things you want to do and the things you don't want to do, you keep doing, that's because your flesh is dominating a moment where the spirit wants to come through. So everything we do here is about spiritual formation in as you have a faith as a Christ follower. Uh, And a statistic I heard uh, while a a couple weeks ago is that I think it's like 64% of Americans say that they're Christian. 
So they, they would say as a label, I'm Christian, but only 10% of the 64 are actually the rugged few, the authentic, sold out, I'm going to sacrifice my comfort to follow Christ, 10%, 64, 10%. I would like to say in this ministry, we are calling up the 10%, and I'd love to see it go to 15%, 20%, 30%, but the truth is we, it starts with us. Revival starts with us. Spiritual formation starts with me. God, before I start saying all the things you could form or change outside of me, start by changing me. And that's the difference between a 64 and a 10%. Anyone can say I I'm a believe in something, but 10% say I follow this. I live according to this belief. I don't add my belief to the things that I want to do. I actually live out my life of what I want to do at the core of my beliefs. And that's what we do here at Revelation Wellness. So welcome, you're probably the 10%. And if you're not the 10%, stand close. If you hang out long enough, we're pretty sure you're gonna catch the joy of the Lord that is your strength. You're gonna get a bigger story, a bigger why to exercise, to move your body. And today I'm definitely gonna give you that as we address why we start and why we stop training why we start and why we stop exercising. So I asked you how many, I don't know if you put in the chat, uh, what percentage of Americans exercise? You probably could have Googled that yourself. It'd be the first thing that pops up. And that's 20%, 20%, almost 20%, just under 19%, 19.4 uh, or something, say that they, they move their body regularly as a form of, of uh, physical discipline. And I would say in that, there's probably a huge amount of people that are obsessing about it, that if they don't get the workout in, that they can't function, and we're trying to stay away from that. And then the 80% are the ones that often go, you know what, it's, I neglect it. I'll get around to it when I have some time. But that 20%, we want to see expand to 30, 40, 50, and beyond, just like those who follow Christ from the 10 to 20, 30, and beyond, but it starts with our, our why. Why do we do this? Everything comes down to motive. And on the heels of that 20%, I want to also invite you and just let you know, I put it up here. Uh, some of you are new to us and some of you uh, have been around a while and you know that three times a year we do these things called challenges, although we could all say 20 and 19, uh, 19, 20. 2020 and 2021 have been challenging years. So we've been careful about saying that word but also at the same time, we're not to shrink back when things are difficult. We don't shrink back, we don't tap out, we don't go on vacation, we don't just put on another Netflix. We are doing the rugged road of following Christ. So it's going to get uncomfortable for all the right reasons so that we would gain the ultimate freedom that we have to be who says God we are, to, to be who God says we are and to do what we're called to do. But that takes discipline. And discipline always comes against my comfort. It always comes against the cost of me. So I'm here today to invite you into to giving a little more of yourself to gain all the things that you have been possibly trying to strive for in your flesh. We're gonna learn to walk by it according to the spirit. So in a recent survey by, I think it was the American Psychology Association, they did a poll on uh, what has it looked like in COVID? What's the effects of COVID on the bottom line of our health as according to weight? 
Now, Revolution Wellness, let me sidebar this. We don't like to measure everything in weight. We think, we stand by the statement, your body gets to be any shape or size you want it to be as long as you have the heart God wants you to have, which is why we have clean hearting coming. That's our new Faith and Fitness Challenge on December 14th. You can sign up to start training in that mentality. On the surface, it'll look like exercise. On the surface, we're gonna talk about some of these uh, uh, practical tips and, and, and tools and ways to start new habits. But at the end of it, if we don't get to the heart motive, nothing will change. And that's what we're going to do in Clean Harding. So I just want to put that in your ear that we start at uh, December 14th, the sign-up start. Sign-ups. We don't start. We're going to get through the holidays. But December 14th, we start Clean Harding. We just want you to know it. Put it. Mark the calendar. Save the date. Any donation amount will get you in for 21 days of clean hearting. Yes, it's a take on clean eating, but we know that it's not what goes in our mouth that defiles that. It's not what goes in our mouth that calls us good or bad. It's actually what's coming out of us that is an indicator of how we're doing, good or bad. And Jesus came for our heart. He came to set this heart of this captive free. And so we're going to do that in 21 days of clean hearting. So you're invited to, to do that, know about it. Don't, before you go and like, freak out about weight and the calories and the holiday. Just don't freak out. We're going to stay with us and sign up. Any donation amount gets you in for the 21 days. So as I was saying that the um, percentage of people in COVID who have gained weight, less, I'm going to talk about it. Wait, I need my, I need my this, I need this. This, this just means pay attention. Don't freak out, but pay attention. This is just a measurement. Numbers don't have feelings. Everyone, repeat that. Numbers don't have feelings. <laughs> Numbers don't have feelings. That's actually something my husband shared with us as he's on uh, the board of Revelation Wellness when we're trying to figure out finances and read, you know, ledgers of numbers, profit and loss. And it, at the beginning, it would scare me. Numbers scared me. Oh my gosh, we're up, we're down. And my emotions would rise and fall with the number. My husband said one day, hey, you guys, numbers don't have feelings. Just, they're just numbers. And it was such a beautiful wake-up call. Yes, Lila, that it doesn't. We can just look at them, step back, be detached from them, because it's just information to tell us how we're doing. And then we can offer up those numbers to the Lord. Lord, these numbers aren't working out the way I thought they would. Could you help me? Help me to stay in a spirit of love and peace and joy, not fear, shame, and guilt. So in COVID, to date, the American Psychology Association took a poll and 42% of Americans have gained weight, which, is that you? 42% of Americans have gained weight. Um, I probably, I mean, I probably, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't weigh myself, but you can tell by your clothes, right? So maybe, you know, by your clothes. Uh, but here's was shocking. I read this to my husband. We were reading it in bed at night and I was like, oh my gosh. And he, he said, that can't be right. I go, this is a quote, cited quote from the American Psychology Association. The average weight gain has been 29 pounds, 29 pounds. In two years, since so two years, uh, I should have, I could have done the research on what the average gain of a year is and, and that everyone generally, if they're not moving their body and have disciplines in place and have uh, some type of a, 
uh, a routine, then we, we naturally slowly gain weight over life. But then the interesting thing is you kind of get to the age of 60, 65, and then people start losing weight. Why? Taste buds start to um, get flat. You've also experienced all of life and you're not as stressed as much. So weight tends to come off. You ever notice that? You never see someone pass away often overweight. If anything, they started to lose weight. My mother passed away two over two years ago. And she struggled her whole life with her weight. Initially, she was never overweight, beautiful young woman. Trauma happened into her life, and she began to barricade and medicate through food, which I am here today because I watched that happen, and I don't want that to happen to you. I did the opposite thing. I obsessed about it. I was like, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to take care of this. And when she passed away of cancer, she kind of laughed a little bit and said, I'm finally the weight I wanted to be. And finally, the weight all my life, I wanted to be this weight, and now I have no life. Right? What is that? That is living according to our flesh, because the enemy who's attached to our flesh, who comes and accuses us and connects to our flesh, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So he gets you to spend your whole life worrying about weight gain, and then finally, life starts to shift into the winter of your life, and then you can't even keep the weight on, and you spend your whole life pursuing a number that doesn't have a feeling. So 29 pounds on the average. This is why clean hearting. And now I'm going to give you this teaching because I want you to tuck it away in your back pocket for when we get into the new year season. Before I go on though, would you hit share? Everyone, there's 72 of you here. I know not everyone's going to share because some of you are like, I don't know who this lady is in this mustard shirt. But if you know me and you trust what's going on here in this ministry of Revelation Wellness, hit share now because this is a message we got we to gotta get proactive about because everyone's about to get real big and noisy in about four weeks of all the new years and the new habits. And they're going to start something new and they're going to wonder, why don't I ever keep that? And honestly, you could connect anything. Why do we start and stop anything? Why do we start and stop anything good? This teaching would apply, but I'm going to talk about exercise today. Okay. All right. So first thing I want to say, the reason we start exercising, guess what? She's back. I only have half of her. The other half is in this box, but it's just easier this way. The reason you start exercising is because you crave this brain of yours is attracted to what's called novelty. Novelty. This is why you want the next Netflix show. This is why you go, oh, the next episode. I had never seen it before. I've never heard it before. It's going to be new to me. I want to do that. I'm curious. This thing right here inside your head is curious. The reason you are not crawling today but walking is because you were a baby who got curious about your body and started rocking. You got curious about that object on the table that was higher than you, so you started to get upright. You got curious and you got on the move. And that's what this brain does. Novelty. The reason you start, thank you, Velma. Thank you, Cindy. The reason you start something, anything, I'm going to start cooking my meals more at home. It's going to be great. I'm going to buy some new containers and some new knives. I'm going to do something new, novelty, and that will get me to get going. And you know what? It will. It will. It's really fun. It's fun to start new things. So the reason you start is novelty, but the reason you stop 
And then I'm going to unpack this for you so you understand what's going on in your brain and then you could actually start to combat the stop this year. But the reason you stop is familiarity and discomfort. What was unknown and new, novelty, started to become familiar, meh, and there was a discomfort to it. There was a cost to it. Bottom line, I'll say this in a statement, you can put this on your phones or tweet it, but remember this. You are literally made up of the stuff that wants good, because you are good. Because in the beginning, God said, good, very good, called you good. You are good. So you want good, but you don't want to do good unless it feels good. Mm, that's where sin entered. That's the breakdown. Is because of sin, because of the world, of the we, of, we are selfishness, of us wanting to be God, of not listening to the commands of God. That's just our heart. Some, maybe some people go, oh gosh, you're telling this weird story about in the beginning God created. Yeah, and you really have to make up your mind. Did Are you a created being of a creator or are you just primordial slime? You're probably, I'm going to frustrate you. But if you can get on board with the fact that a God created you and he is good and you are good and you just crave good, but in that desire to be good yourself apart from God, because God gave, gave us free will, he gets to let you choose. Will you choose me, the author of good, or will you choose to worship good things rather than the creator of good? And we chose other things. Our hearts are depraved that way. And let's remember, God knew we would not choose him. So he also had a redemption, a rescue plan in motion for us. And that is through Jesus. But first we spent many years under the law of knowing the law cannot save us. The Old Testament is a, is a prelude of setting the stage for Christ to come. Unto us a child will be born and on his shoulders will be the government. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of, father, prince, prince of peace, everlasting father. That's who he will be. He's going to come. Isaiah prophesies of this to get us out of this depraved state of I want good, but I can't seem to do it because it costs me. And that's the whole Old Testament. The Old Testament shows the sacrificial system. It's going to cost you. Now this side of eternity, this separation from heaven, it is costly. So brothers and sisters, why do you act surprised when it's costly? That is actually your moment to open up, breathe, soften, and trust God. We want good but we want it to feel good. And unless it feels good, we don't do it. Okay, now here's, here's a big deal. Here's, this is a BD moment. Um, remember, God knew you would be on the earth right now in this time. And on this time in the earth, very different than in the Old Testament, very different in the time of Jesus. They didn't have convenience stores, air conditioning, running water, processed foods, grocery stores, uh, freezers, like all these things that we've accumulated that have actually helped us to help us feel good. And, and I've mentioned this all the time. You want to, you want to sell or make money, create something, create a product or an object that will relieve pain. Anyone watch Shark Tank? 
It's all about ideas that to, to make it a little bit easier. What was I doing the other day? And I was like, man, they should come up with something for this. Um, my daughter, uh, we celebrated her getting into college and I decorated her room with balloons that were the color of her university. And I, I'm not kidding, I went ham. I went, I, I, I sent it. I did as many of these balloons as possible to the point that my finger was like purple at the edge because I kept tying it, tying it. And I thought to myself, they have to create something uh, to just whoop, tie that, whoop, tie it, tie it. Because I don't want the pain of my finger. <laughs> I mean, that's how like, I want to do good. I want to decorate this. I want to celebrate my daughter. But man, this is costing me. But because it was my daughter, I was willing to do it. So create that thing and you got good, right? So now we are living in what Anna Lemke, she's the author of the book called Dopamine Nation. And it's actually one of the best books I read in 2021. So I encourage it. You got to get through the first chapter. It's not a chapter for kids. Uh, but I, it, it absolutely helps to make sense of why we start and stop stuff. Why we say, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to be obedient today. And then we stop. It's because we are a dopamine nation. The other word she calls it is, this is a, a dopamine economy, AKA a limbic capitalism. We live in a time of limbic capitalism. Look at this right here is your brain. This is my side of the brain right here. Prefrontal medial cortex right underneath your forehead, your hand on your forehead. This is the part of you of executive function, reason, choices, consequences, uh, compassion, empathy up here. You can reason yourself. You can modulate, you can slow down and think through things. This is your limbic brain. This is your limbic system of your brain. Some of you may know it as the fight, flight, freeze. Inside here is your amygdala. Amygdala is where the fight, flight, freeze happen. Listen, this is important to have because if a bear starts chasing you down the road, you need this fight, flight, freeze. If uh, the car falls on your, on your child or something and you want to lift it, fight, flight, freeze. You're not going to stand back and reason this. Nope. All the blood gets shunted over to here, fight, flight, freeze. But this is also a location of where dopamine gets, gets released. I want good. Dopamine is the uh, hormone in us that we create that is in a pursuit of something or also in getting it. Once upon a time, we used to think dopamine only gets relieved, released when we get the thing, but it's actually in the pursuit of the thing too. And so your phone releases dopamine to you. When you check an email, it releases dopamine to you. When you go on Instagram and someone liked something or replied, that's a dopamine. And listen, that this part of your brain is good for survival. This is the mercy of God. Survival. It's also what I call the young part of your brain. This is formed first in utero. This comes out pretty strong. As a baby, you have fight, flight, freeze. You cry. You, you have a need. You just let it know. Babies don't think. <laughs> They don't have a reason to think about why am I not sleeping right now? Nope, they're just not sleeping, not feeling it. Something of discomfort is there and they're letting you know. So we are in limbic capitalism. We are living in limbic. We have too much going here to calm us, to soothe us, to feed us, that we never get up here into this place of 
prefrontal medial cortex of reasoning. So the reason we want good, listen, this is this actually when you exercise, do a rubbing the word, you are in your limbic brain. It's called getting limbic. Exercising, <laughs> moving your body is called getting limbic. And that's why I think it's so powerful. If we can get you limbic, we're occupying that part of you that's just craving, wanting, doing, because exercise has that. Exercise, you do it because you know you're going to get the payoff. And that's the hard part. Most people don't start doing it because they don't experience the payoff. But once they start to experience the payoff because they know they should do it, then they'll start to do it. And that's good. Now we're in a good habit loop of getting a healthy payoff. But the discomfort and the cost will never go away. Like discomfort, that doesn't mean you need to work, don't work out to hurt yourself. You don't have to do, a, a workout doesn't have to hurt you to be effective, right? But it's a lot more uncomfortable for me to go for a walk and get on my legs and, and move my body through space than it is to sit on my couch. And it's costly of time, it's costly of energy, it's costly. And then people often go, you know, I don't have time for that. I've got, my cost is better off over here working on this project or doing the thing that I need to do. So we stop doing it because of the cost. So this dopamine economy we're living in, there are so many things that hit you here. And exercise tends to only be one here at the very beginning of novelty because you've had a thought, a vision for yourself of I wonder if I could get in better shape this year. I, wonder, I hate that, that phrase, better shape. You already have a shape, it's called a body. I wonder if I could feel better. I wonder if I could sleep better. I wonder if I could have more energy. I wonder if I, my, you know, I feel uncomfortable in my skin. I wonder if, that's happening up here, everyone. I wonder if, okay, I think I could do this this year. Oh, that program looks, okay, I think novelty, novelty. And this overrides here. We're down in here, we just go, another Netflix show, another sleeve of cookies, another glass of wine, whatever. It was a hard day and we live in limbic capitalism. Anna says in her book, in our quest to minimize pain, we've created a world of abundance. Remember back to you wanna make money, create a product that solves a pain point and do a lot of that. <laughs> In our quest to minimize pain, we've created a world of abundance. We now need more reward to feel pleasure and less injury to feel pain. That's, that's backwards. We need more reward to feel pleasure and less injury to feel pain. You see what the dopamine nation has done? Because we have just gone for the lower hanging fruit, like I'm just going to do this because not thinking and giving ourselves a higher reasoning of why should I exercise? Yes, it's going to be costly. I'm not going to give up when it's costly because Jesus himself told me to pick up my cross. Or Paul says, pick up your cross and follow. So we need to know that reward is going to be costly. And we just got to come to that, make amends with it. Uh, she also shares in her book that richer countries, so richer countries, meaning more wealth, the more wealth a country has, uh, the higher rate of anxiety than in the poor ones. You guys, the more we have, the more we want. Then the less we get, the more depressed we are. And we stop.
Can I say that again? The more we have, the more we want, the less we can get, the more depressed we are. That cycle, we, we go after the chase and we're not getting it and we plummet. This is why we have to reset to a greater why knowing it's going to be costly and I'm going to do new things. I'm going to continue to grow and do new things and it's going to be costly. We are all running from pain, trying to insulate ourselves from the pain has only made our pain worse. And she also said that reports of physical pain are increasing too. So full body pain syndromes like fibromyalgia, myofascial, myofascial pain, pelvic pain, uh, those type of syndromes are increasing. The more we have, the more we want, the less we can get, the more pain we feel. Wow. Is anyone? I'm preaching. It's good teaching, Lisa. So what do we need to do? In closing, what do we need to do? <laughs> Y'all, we need to remember the cross. We need everything, everything about who we are as Christ followers is to keep the cross in mind. Our life as a Christian began because of the cross. The cross. Like, who are we that we think we can just put the cross aside and just go live our life and make Jesus follow us? Jesus says, no, pick up your cross. What are you doing? Remember the cross. And I, there's those three words. Everyone write it down, type it out. Remember the cross. To remember something, and this is why we're going to solve it. What do we need to do to keep exercising, to keep doing the thing, to keep showing up, even though my wife isn't reciprocating or my husband's not doing it or my kids aren't responding. Oh my gosh, I've got my list of prayers that just don't seem to be answered. But what am I going to do? I'm going to remember the cross. Remember the cross. To remember something means I've got to encode it upon me. Remember, I love this. Um, actually, if you listen to the podcast, go listen to this week's podcast. Go for a walk, go for a run, Listen to the podcast because I'm talking about encoding. I'm talking about what the Jewish people were known. The Old Testament, the Jewish people were known for literally like encoding the word of God on them. Deuteronomy 8, they talk about, you know, teach these precepts to your kids. Teach these commands to your kids, Moses is telling them. Teach them when you're walking, when you rise in the morning, when you go to sleep at night. Encode it. Remember it. Uh, they would do these things called... Um, the prayer shawls, that the prayer shawls they would put on them is a way to remember, to encode what they believe. They also had these things called seats. I love saying that. It's the little tassels off their prayer shawl that they would touch and hold, kind of like rosary beads that remind them to pray. They would have um, methus I can't remember, I can't remember, I'm going to say that wrong. These little boxes that they put on their door, because in Deuteronomy talks about having the word of God on your doorpost, kind of like remembrance of the Passover. So if you ever go to a Jewish home, you'll see this little box on the right-hand corner, little box like this big. And inside of it is literally parchment paper with the word of God, the Torah, part of the Torah in it. They take it literally. So they, they bind when it talks about in scripture to bind these things to yourself, the word around your arms, your necks. They bind him in this thing called telephin. It's in the podcast. I talk about all the things that they do to remember. See, we don't, we, we have one symbol, the cross. 
We don't have to do all these other things. They have a lot of regulations and, and uh, uh, which is really beautiful, a lot of practices, but often your practices can take you away from the presence of God because you think it's your practices that are saving you, and it's not. It's the presence of God that saves you. Our practices should lead us into the presence. And if I'm led into the presence of God by my practices, I will be changed so that I will be okay with discomfort and cost. So you have to remember the cross. Remember, do things to remind yourself, oh, the cross, the cross. And then if you're going to remember the cross, it means these two things. Embrace suffering, expect resurrection. To remember the cross means to embrace suffering and expect a resurrection. This is why people quit. They quit because the embracing of suffering, it was fun while it was novel, but now the embracing, I don't want to do it. Why? Because they're not seeing change. Because they're not seeing anything. Guess what? Jesus dead three days. We didn't see anything. Wait for the Lord. John 12, 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Death brings resurrection. Who are we? See, again, in our limbic economy, in our dopamine nation, we're like, well, this doesn't feel good, so it can't be good. And we quit. We stop short of what could be as we stay consistent, not because we're looking for the payoff for us, but because the cross, God is doing something. I can't see it in the mirror right now. I can't see it. Y'all, there are things in my world that I look and I go, I have been praying for this for 25 years and I don't see it happening. And I heard the Lord say, shut your eyes and pray. Shut your eyes and pray. 25 years. I'm still going to pray. I'm not seeing it. But unless the seed goes in the ground and dies, it won't bear fruit. If I quit on the prayer, it is dead. There is no resurrection. So if we're going to keep exercising, keep training, keep doing the thing that we go, oh, it's costly, we're going to remember embracing suffering is part of what I'm called to do. And I'm going to expect a resurrection. In her book, Anna talks about for those who are addicts, right? Because addicts are firing off dopamine, dopamine. We're all addicts. We are all addicts. You're either addicted to yourself and attaching God to it, kind of adding him on. God, why won't you do it my way? God, why aren't you giving me that job? God, I've been praying. Why aren't you, right? Us, 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 me, me, me. Or we are addicted, attached to remaining with, abiding with a God who is worthy of it all. And by the way, if I'm attaching, I'm holding on to something, my hands have got to be free so I can just hold on to God and just hold on. Hold on. Be consistent, not for the payoff. And actually, by the way, did you know, and this is true too, when you set a goal and you achieve the goal, the science shows, and neuroscience shows that it's actually not in achieving the goal that you receive the most ah, this is amazing. My life is great. It's actually in the work, in the flow, in the doing the thing. It's hard to do it, but once you're in the flow, that payoff is more beneficial and the reason you work the goal than to get to the goal. That will change everything. 
because we think the payoff is in the goal. That's not true. According to brain science, the payoff, the dopamine is actually in the work, in the pursuit of something. That's what dopamine is, in the pursuit of having it. But first, you got to get over your discomfort. Every time I sit down to write, it's discomfort. But then I get in it, and I'm in the flow, and the dopamine's flowing. That's the payoff. The payoff isn't the finished book, but the work to do the book. The payoff for you is not the finished product of a body that's lost the 29 pounds you gained in COVID, but actually in the pursuit. And in the pursuit, you're changed. In the pursuit, you become a new person. In the pursuit, you're not attaching yourself to the outcome, but just pursue, just pursue. And Anna says in her book that she's found with addicts that if they just, when the moment comes that they want to quit or the moment comes that they want to do the thing they shouldn't do, when the moment comes that they want, they're going to return to the old patterns. Guess what the answer is? Wait. She says it's, it's wait. Yes, Aaron, the process is the prize. Man, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? We're all so busy, like waiting for our marriage to be perfect, waiting for something to be there. It's in the process that we get the greatest payoff. And if we're ready to quit, wait, wait. He says that or the addicts that can just take a minute. This is why AA works. This is why they have a sponsor and they call someone and they're like, I really want to do this. And that someone goes, no, you don't. And let me tell you why you're made for more. And let me tell you, I've been there under empathy, empathy. And the moment passes and they're like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I did it. I did it. Come on. This is good news, you guys. God has written in, to, woven into the fiber of our desire to change. But we poo-poo it because we go, I'm not seeing it and I'm not getting the payoff. And since the payoff's not here, I'm quitting. So to review, the reason we start and stop, we start because we want something new, that's good. We stop because it's costly with discomfort and it becomes too familiar. Nothing's changed. My body looks exactly the same. I've been working out for three, three weeks now. I'm not seeing any difference. That's familiarity. Don't look at that. The process is the payoff. Remember the cross. Jesus goes all the way, the process of the cross. Embrace suffering. Expect a resurrection. That's the process. Embrace it. That's why we have our new shirt that says, embrace the suck, do your work. Embrace it. Just embrace it. And honestly, that, then you will level up. As soon as you learn to embrace a little bit of suffering here and you survive it, you're like, okay. And then you're changed by it and you have some cognitive resilience and then you get a little another challenge and then you, you pass that. This is why Jesus, God is always just putting out a little test for us. Will you pass this test? We pass this one. Next, level up. A little bit more. Level up. Before you know it, you're walking as a giant of faith from the inside out so you can think, feel, and choose according to what is true. All right. That's all I have time for because I, I get to go to the discipleship call now. If you become a Revelation Wellness instructor, instructor, we do more training with you. We do more discipleship with you. And that's honestly where I, I mean, I shot it to you straight today, today but those guys get the real, let's not mess around. We are on mission. Let's keep our hearts clean. Let's stay from, keep ourselves from idols. As, as Paul says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Um, and we stay on mission. Yes, the payoff uh, or the, the pursuit is costly, but Jesus paid the price. 
And this is what we get to do. Thank you, God, for this time. I pray you bless every person who's here, who hung out, who, who's listening, and that they feel shifted and prepared and ready for 2022, that they don't have to armor up, uh, Lord, that they just need more of you to remember you. And thank you for how you've designed our brain to crave you and desire these things, God. Now set it apart for a holy purpose so that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven through us. And God, we bind up addiction in Jesus' name. We break off that cycle of pursuing pleasure at the cost of our purpose. In Jesus' name, we break that. We pray you would come after our hearts, Lord, when we sit down to get comfortable and it isn't time for that, it isn't time for rest, Lord, would you stir us, awaken us to do something with our time that challenges us, it's costly, but it changes us. Give us challenge that brings change and give us a grace to embrace the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.